Hello. <laughs> Dude, the the, the audio quality the the uh the audio quality was really good. This is Lee Wei Hu of the BBC. <laughs> who who am I speaking with right now? I have a I have a very special guest tonight. His name go by the name of what's your name, sir? Kevin Heibel. <laughs> and um this is the uh what's the name of this podcast? It's the uh Lee Who? The twenty something millennial podcast. Even though we're not twenty anymore. <laughs> Young yeah, the millennial podcast. Uh, yeah, we could work on the name probably there a little bit. Dude, this app is <laughs> sick. Yeah, dude, I like the sounds. Do you see that shit? You could like add sound to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can add music as well. Yeah, I was like messing with it before we started. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I just wanted to test it out, but this is legit. Um. So why don't we just give it a just give it a go for like twenty thirty minutes? So. Right. So today, on this very first episode, very special episode, we are going to talk about something that happened last week that I don't think anybody was paying attention to, that, you know, <laughs> nobody really knew what was going on, which was the 2020 presidential election. And it went from being election day to it ended up being an election week, like literally from Tuesday until Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was nonstop, 24-7 news updates on every single news network. And it was um, it was something that I'm sure nobody was paying attention to, that nobody cared about, and that nobody knew what was going on. So why don't we just talk about that? So Kevin, what, what are your what are some of your initial thoughts on what happened last week? Wait, there was an election last week? Yeah, you didn't know? No, man. I'm just being made, just being made aware. Oh my god, man! I feel like I need to like gasp for air just thinking about it. You feel like Ooh. a what? Woo! Just gotta gasp for some air, you know. Just thinking about thinking about how long that that lasted last week, man. <laughs> Four or five days of complete hell. I know. So, so tell the audience, Kevin. What what were you like? Were you paying attention like every hour? Like, were you watching it on TV? Were you like what? What was what was like how did you take it in oh man i was watching every last second from midnight monday night or i guess like tuesday morning to when the first votes went in on new hampshire yeah i woke up the the next morning all throughout the next night i was glued to the tv i didn't even work out or go outside or anything i was literally watching the entire thing yeah same same on multiple channels too. I pull up CNN. I pull up international news. I was playing the game along with Sean Sean King and Steve Kornacki the whole time, just looking at the John map, King, trying to, John King, yeah, John King and 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 uh, Kornacki and and trying to figure out exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. What about Fox News? You didn't mention Fox News. I tune in sometimes to see what they're saying, but I really. I try to. I, I really like. I really on CNN, especially. I really like um, when they bring in Dave Axelrod with Anderson Cooper and Van Jones, and you have Rick Santorum talking about the Republican point of view. And then also, yeah. I really like John King and uh, on MSNBC, Steve Kornacki. I just think that they're outstanding. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Steve, Steve Kornacki and John King are both. They're both amazing. I mean, they were the goats on their. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were on their feet for like 
12 hours a day just on the whiteboard on the big board just going through all the scenarios it was really um really i mean i like they deserve a round of applause honestly because i think they did an amazing job um so i wanted to ask you this what did you like what did you expect to happen like what i mean by that is did you expect a winner to be announced tuesday night did you expect this to drag on till saturday what were some of your expectations going in Man, I don't know about you, but I kind of, I mean, leading up to the election, obviously, they, they spoke a lot, you know, as we all know about mail-in ballots and yeah. provisional ballots and how how many there's going to be, how it's going to be unprecedented because of COVID, how many people were voting with mail-in ballots. And because of that, the election wouldn't be decided for a couple of days. So I went with the impression that it would be like two or three days or, you know, maybe like two or three days after, but never did I think that this would carry out until Saturday. Yeah, it was very surprised by that. I think I think though by you know I think by really the kind of what I was thinking more it was like by Wednesday we would know who was gonna win, and I, I think it did. I think Wednesday one like I remember wait I remember going to bed Tuesday night, and what I was saying I stayed up probably till four thirty five in the morning. Like I was same, watching. Same. We were texting. Dude, we were yeah, texting the whole time. We were texting, and and I was just sending memes and and, and sending articles. And, you were sending a lot of tweets, and then but then we saw we saw what was happening in uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, and you know because at first we saw Ohio turn red, we're kind of like oh shit, and then Florida before that, and then at the time you know we saw what was happening in Texas, so yeah okay there's no chance for Texas, which it really wasn't, but you know we were hoping it was. Let's see, he got I'm looking right now 46.4 percent of the vote, and if I open this map and do my little Cornacki right now. Little junk right now. Here. I mean, Dallas sixty four point nine percent of the vote. Houston suburbs fifty five point eight percent, fifty four percent. So I mean, he was. You know, that was the talk: is does he actually have a chance to win Texas? You know, and I, and you know, you kind of thought back of your head. You're, you're, you're referring to you're referring to Biden. Yeah, Biden exactly. Yeah, would be Trump. Yeah, I guess this is Team Democrat right now, on this podcast, but. Saying that, obviously the perspective that we want Biden to win and we wanted Trump to lose and we were worried about him winning. You know, I remember going about 3.34 in the morning, we kind of saw, they were showing in Wisconsin and Michigan how many voices, they they still had to count to turn Milwaukee. And then you kind of saw what was going to happen that Biden was basically going to win because of the votes he was going to get in the cities. And it looks like now he also largely was winning because of the really these aggregate votings he was getting in rural counties. And that's really what caused the surge for him to come back and all the voting and win. Yeah. So really, so and really in 2016, you know, and John King talked about this the whole time about the thing that why, why basically Trump won four years ago is that he was racking up all these votes in rural areas, which is something we could definitely talk more about when we talk about Trump, about like why, you know, obviously why like uh, real voters really turned out both times, not not only last time, but this time too for him. But then the difference this yeah. time, as we saw watching it live, was Biden just getting all these votes in these small counties and then the cities just racking up votes. And I think that, that yeah. I think by the yeah. time we woke up Wednesday, 
to Wednesday night, we could kind of see that it lo- it looked like because was- Wisconsin flipped, Michigan flipped. Yeah, like the writing was on the wall for Trump that he was that that he was probably not going to win. Okay, so related to so segueing off that about how Trump probably wasn't going to win Wednesday. You know how before the election, every single major news outlet, five thirty eight, you know, all these guys, they were like Biden's. Biden was heavily favored, and the polls, you know, every single poll pretty much, news networks. Obviously, in 2016, Hillary was heavily favored over Trump. The polls got it somewhat wrong, so a lot of people were hesitant about the polls. So my question to you is, going into the election last week, did you believe the polls? And did you also expect that it was going to be a big Biden win, as many people predicted? Remember what I told you, that I I didn't believe the polls? You did, yeah. That was you were nervous. And I was right, a hundred percent. Because you were saying, and I'm sure you kind of believe that too. But at the end of the day, there's clearly something going. And I, I, I've heard them talk about this a little bit. There's something going wrong with how they're pulling these things because they're not getting. Yeah. They're not able to correctly predict how many people are voting for Trump. Now, I think they would argue that the race actually became similar. To how they predicted, especially in swing states, you know, plus or minus, you know, yeah. the percentage margin. But yeah. except for Wisconsin and Michigan, because those two were way off. Wisconsin, Biden was every single poll, he was up by like seven points, eight points. There was a Washington Post poll where he was up by 17 points, and he is now going to pull it off by like less than one percentage point. The same right margin of Trump. 20, not even 20,000 votes separate them right now. Yeah. And Trump won in in 2016. Actually, a little, what, bit more 10, 20, 000. a little bit more than 20,000. Yeah. So the polls in Wisconsin were off by 10%, 10 points. That's a lot. Yeah, completely off. And I, I think, again, that kind of just shows that, you know, I think part of the reason they talk to you is like they just, you know, maybe people that Trump support Trump are saying no to surveys. So then that, that's like what's causing like this, these phantom voters to come out. You know, vote for it. But yeah. I think I think part of it too, though. I think like I think something happens around that election time. And people just get excited to vote for, especially like like it reminds me of Obama in twenty eighteen and twenty twelve, and then now Trump. These last times, like people, and then now with Biden, we saw people came out. It's like when people get excited for something, especially right before the election, it's clear that they're going to come out and vote in, in massive numbers, and like. For me, actually, that's one thing I need to look more into is 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 the polling science. But everything I would when I was looking into it, I'm like, there's no way. Like, especially like when they were saying like this is going to be a landslide victory, there's no way that's possible. For when you look at the history, it's impossible to beat an incumbent for the most part. So basically, you have to be terrible. It's not impossible. It's just very yeah. difficult. It's just like, very you have difficult. To be terrible at your job, which which as we know Trump <laughs> is. So you have to be dis- and we have to be extremely disliked, which we know Trump is. But even then. He still had 72 million people vote for him. I know. I know. He expanded his base because a lot of people think he only has his quote unquote base of 40%, 35%, but that's not true. He expanded his base. But one thing real quick, you said people were expecting a landslide win and it wasn't going to be that. I mean, how do you define a landslide win? Because Biden's going to end up with 306 electoral votes, which you could you could call that a landslide win in terms of the electoral college, and he's going to get five million more popular votes than Trump, so you could argue that that's a landslide win as well, right? 
Yeah, you could, but look how close it is in all these states. True. I mean, the margins in the states, but in the final result, yeah. you know, because because the way because the way the electoral college is, it's winner takes all in each state, which I don't know if, you know, there's been some discussion about. I personally am not a fan of the electoral college. Obviously, I'm more liberal leaning. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if in our lifetime it ends up getting changed because. I mean, that's a whole different discussion, but the electoral college, I mean. Because Biden ended up, he's, he's what, 5 million popular votes ahead of Trump right now, right? If he had lost the Electoral College while still getting 5 million more popular votes, that's, there's something wrong there. You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> if you can get 5 million more votes than someone and still lose an election, there's something wrong with the system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, so, I mean, I definitely highly recommend, especially, you should, you should actually look into the history of electoral voting and then kind of see what people are saying it's a good thing and people say it's a bad thing and it's actually like really interesting american history because you'll hear you know especially like the you know the things against which i agree i think that it should be abolished and it should be the popular vote you'll hear people say you know especially the big the bit the big i think the biggest the greatest argument is the fact that you basically would just have california and new york voting the election every year yeah which it's fair but at the same time how i mean how is that different from how the elections are done now? Because it just comes down to the same. And I remember I told you, I told you the same thing. It always comes down to the same four or five states. To whoever know, wins does, Florida, if Republican wins Florida, it comes down to Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. That's it. None of these other, like, I mean, even, even this time, if Biden was to win Georgia, like that's shocking. In Arizona, that's it, crazy. it didn't even matter. That's crazy. Like what yeah. makes it? I mean, yeah. Arizona is still undecided right now. Like, what really decided it? it got into two I know, I know. Yeah. which is crazy. Well, well, Biden's going to win Arizona. He's going to flip Arizona and flip Georgia. But I agree with you. Under the current electoral system, college, or under the, or I'm sorry, under the current electoral college system, the election only really comes down to four or five states, like you say. Like me voting in California, it really doesn't matter. Like my vote. And California probably is worth like 0.25 exactly. of a vote, you know. But if you but if, but if you live in like Pennsylvania, Ohio, yo, what if you um, Wisconsin, Lee, what Michigan? If you voted, what if you were in Omaha, in that county that that gave him the one uh, that gave Biden the one electoral vote that basically like significantly increased his chances of winning? Because if you won Georgia, then Trump I know, that's true. Gets to 70. Like what it would jump from what yeah, like his chances of winning true. were what like. I don't, I don't know, like what it was, like to like twenty, fifty percent, and then like when he won that one seat, yeah, it went up like it went up significantly just by winning that one seat because it could change so much. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like how, like for me in Kansas, no matter what you want to say, my vote for Biden does not count. I mean, it's just the fact. <laughs> well, it does it's count. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like, it's just not worth very much, map, and especially like you know. Shout out to Johnson County. We finally voted for a Democrat for the first time since, well, I think they said 1918. You know, the fact that we finally voted this county Democrat, like, yeah, I can, be, I can say I'm, a par- I'm part of that. But at the same time, there's, I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by, we're overwhelmed by Republican votes for the president, that is. Not House of Representatives, obviously, is different. Yeah. We have Shrews Davids. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, I believe the first, one of the first um, open lesbian Native American congresswomen. Which obviously is very weird for Kansas, yeah. bizarre for Kansas to have something like this. But um, and we you know we've had other Democratic representatives too. But how could you say my vote counts for the president when every single year 
it's clear that Kansas can be arrested. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't even close. Look at it. it was, I agree. Look at it right now. 56.5% Trump, 750,000 votes, 41% Biden, 551,000 votes. I mean, it's pointless. Whereas, and then let's look at Nebraska, that one electoral seat. So I think the big, I think the big uh, one for Biden was was obviously in Omaha. A hundred and forty six thousand people voted for Biden. Like your vote counted in that election. Yeah. Or like, let's yeah. go to Georgia. That's true. Like your vote, like your vote definitely counted in that election. Yeah. So I mean. It's a completely unfair system. You you can argue all you want that like it, you know, it represents all states, but then obviously with those principles, then let's be yeah, let's bring up the fact that people it in Puerto Rico or any of the other commonwealths in the United States cannot vote. It's it's yeah. it's completely backwards and stupid. The one interesting though, the one interesting thing yeah. that people will argue why it's good actually though, is that the Electoral College could potentially knock down a dictator. Because they could just they could go to the secret polling and basically vote vote them out, which I thought was interesting. So maybe you know that's one good thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. I will say this. I will say this though. Someone mentioned this. I think on Twitter, and I and I kind of agree with it. I think so. Texas is going bluer Absolutely. every year. Like four, like four years ago, Trump won Texas by nine points. I think he won this year by three or four, which is. A decent amount, but it's still like I mean, from nine points to four points, yeah. that's a big let me, jump let me, below. Let me see here. You it know, was, uh, it was... if 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 Texas if Texas ends up voting blue one day, that means Democrats will have Texas, um, New York, and California. That's going to be a huge deficit for the Republicans that have to make up. And if if that ever happens one day, I think that they would be really strongly in favor of getting rid of the electoral college. Because if you're a if you're a Republican and you lose California, Texas, and New York off the bat, I mean that's that's a really yeah, uphill battle. I think, like, I think this also comes down to kind of what this kind of maybe one of the main issues in America is that you have a lot of people that are progressive, and you have a lot of people that are very traditionalist, especially when it comes to how they feel yeah, about yeah. the United States government and the Constitution, which, which yeah. you know, I, I think my friend from Europe put it best recently like when i was you know i'm group traveling my college friends and my french friend you know we were making fun of the electoral college and we we're making fun of the way that we, that we vote because every state is like just so different the way that they do this and it like seems out of yeah. date even though like it's you know we know there's no voter fraud you know trump is full of shit <clears throat> excuse me but you know like we know we know <laughs> that's that's a lot right but we do but we do know that it yeah. takes a while yeah. and there's obviously a lot of things backwards about our government and he, his argument was this. When my, I had a friend that's a little bit more traditionalist, you know, a tip, you know, he's not a Trump supporter by any means, but he's a very traditional Republican, you know, like a Reagan, Reagan, Bush Republican, you know. And he's just sarcastically, you know, talking about, yeah, he's like, let's just give up, you know, you know, change the Constitution and change our freedoms. And then my friend brought it best. Like, he's talking about, well, what about, like, in France? They're, like, on their, I think, second or third republic right now. What about Germany? Yeah. What about these countries that yeah. continuously um, redefine their constitution for things that are clearly out of date, things that clearly do not represent this country and the citizens of it? And it's been proven time and time again, Yeah, especially for Democrats. 
Yeah. So, okay, so kind of related to this, um, I want to get your thoughts on, so like you had said before, Trump got 72 million votes, which is a lot. That's more than what Obama yeah. got. That's the second most of anybody ever behind Biden. Imagine that, man. There's one person you know that could have made that 981. So, so what are your thoughts on Trump getting that many votes? I was shocked. I knew it was coming, but it's still really? shocking to see, you know? For one, obviously, this is historic turnout. So these are the two. And this is why a lot of people say Trump will run again, because he's going to go to the Republicans and he's going to say, look how many votes I got. The second most votes in United States history, because that's what it is. And that's yeah. what's shocking about it. the second most votes in United States history. What does that say about this country? Yeah. Well, he still controls the Republican, Republican Party. Just look at what he's Absolutely. doing now. Like he's still, he's still in control. Like they're, they still kowtow to him. You know, if he cries voter fraud, they're all like, oh my and God, voter have, fraud. You know, you know what I, mean? I guess like some of them have. have there's very few. There's very few that have backbones. Mitt Romney is one. Who else? The, there's a Republican senator in Nebraska, Ben Sass, yeah, I think. Kasich. He's another one. Other John than Kasich. that, what? Uh, what's his face? Yes, that's true. Yes. Uh, what's his face? A very um, few. Rick Santorum on CNN was talking about it, like basically. And, you know, I think, like, I think at the end of the day, you know, they, you know, they're going to make their political statements right now, especially the ones that are going to lean towards them. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when his court cases are over. And I assume, you know, I assume I really do think he's going to concede. You know, I don't really think that he's going to – I don't think he's going to try a coup or anything like that because I, that's virtually impossible for, for him to ever try. But, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm wondering, you know, do I do, – I feel like at the end of the day, the, like, what really worries me more than anything about Trump is his legacy already with how many people are in Congress being voted right now into the Congress – that are kind of like this, like Trump Republican, this far right, yeah, um, deplorable Congress person. I, I don't even know what to call them at this point. I'm losing my mind here thinking about this. Like these people that are just completely out in the far right that he has completely normalized yeah. within the Republican Party. And that that, that yeah. part shows that you know, he also largely won this election, along with hundred people voting for him, obviously, to show that he's very popular and and what he believes, what he says. Everything, everything he says, people believe. People believe. Yeah. I well, not everyone, him, but exactly. people who support him. Which is why when he talks about voter fraud and rigged and all this yeah, stuff, like, they believe the, it. I, don't, I, I think sad. there's a mix, though, too, right? Like, if we, you know, going in, you know, we should definitely talk about the pseudoscience of the Trump supporter. Because that's always something. I... Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because I I know I know people in my life. Well, I wouldn't say in my life. But I'm just saying, like, I know people who are Trump supporters. I'm sure you do as well, right? Like, what's, like, so you bring up, so expand on that. Expand on what you were saying. Yeah, I think that there's, I think there's a mix. Well, I mean, yeah, I know there's. I mean, there's definitely a mix between people that really look at him 
like a like a like a like a sports figure or the way really the way I would say from my perspective yeah. the way that people look at dictators around the world like people in Russia that love Putin people yeah. in Philippines that love Rodrigo Duterte kind of like a lot of these especially now with a lot of these populist um presidents they kind of like create this cool figure yeah they create like this Leaders, cool figure yeah. around them you have these people yeah that absolutely believe in with that kind of stuff but i think a large majority and i i, I think yeah. that, i think this is one thing i think you know especially for us as like liberals to understand is i think that at the end of the day most people voting for him are doing it out of their own self-interest not because they believe in everything he's saying So what do you mean by that? They may believe that he, what he says about, you know, when he comes out and says Mexicans are rapists, and then he comes out and like this video came out that he's grabbing women by the pussy and all this, and all this fucking crazy shit. They don't look at his words. They look at his actions. And for a lot of them, his actions benefit them in one or multiple ways, whether it's but how yeah, exactly. when he's cutting taxes they, for the wealthy, like how because most of us because most of his supporters not, are not not wealthy, yeah. The majority of them are, are not, people, like you know, like uh, you kind of have to say, go back in time. You get like kind of like you look at like you look at the wave of populism around the world, and populist candidates usually come after a financial crisis throughout history. That's when they come. So how does this relate to the financial crisis? I think it relates to the, I think it can relate to that and also relate to the world changing around us. A lot of people voting for Trump are part of this rural blue collar community in this country that feel and rightly so feel like they're being left behind by a changing world. A changing world that has less yeah. jobs, a changing world that requires you to have a college and graduate degree and have to be able to use know how to use a computer to be able to get any job whatsoever. Yeah. Wait, one sec. I just wanna I just wanna make two quick points that, that come to my mind. The first point I have is I don't know if I don't know if it was a surprise for you, but it was a surprise to me when I read or I heard a statistic that more Americans don't have college degrees than do. I think like only 30, 40% have college degrees, which was a surprise to me. I actually thought that our generation, or not our generation, but like this time period of 2020, that more people would have college degrees than not. So that was a surprise to me, that if you don't have a college degree, you're actually in the majority. That's the, that's the first point for me. Second point is, I've always found it ironic that you have these blue collar people in like the rural parts of the US you know, and they support a supposed billionaire who's never been poor in his life, who was born rich, who grew up in New York, who's supposedly super successful, super rich, who has nothing really in common with these people, and yet they support him 100%. Like, I always found that really ironic. Maybe it's because even though he's quote-unquote a billionaire, he still talks like them, and he still acts like them in many ways. So those are two yeah, no, to mind. add to that, there's actually some pretty good content talking about how, as a being a real estate developer, he always had a strong relationships with the people that built his properties, and he just like understands how to speak to blue collar people. 
Like he gets it. Like he gets what they want. Yeah. Like he gets what they need. And like they, I mean, obviously they love it. They love the fact that he speaks his mind and that, you know, and that he's not a, yeah, and yeah. he's not part he, of he's the not politically political, correct. He's not part of the establishment and he's not part of the coastal elites, which at the end of the day, like, I. Which he, which, which, exactly which he, he actually is, he kind of is, though, I would argue. Exactly. Like what he represents. He doesn't act like that. And what his policies are, are very anti coastal elite. Like, not being for climate, not, not thinking climate change is real. Saying that he's gonna bring, saying that he's gonna bring jobs from China, manufacturing from jobs back to yeah. China, like it's, you know who's appealing to in those books, yeah. You know, and a lot of yeah, and a lot of people yeah. For a lot of people, that's important, and you can't. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, especially in a country like this where it's obviously very cap capitalist and people are struggling. I mean, sometimes with in the atmosphere they live in, it's like you know. You, I, sometimes it's obviously hard to blame them. Like I remember, I don't know, I don't know if I told you this, but like, I yeah. like when I went to Erie, Pennsylvania. Like, so my grandfather's from Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, you know where Erie, Pennsylvania is? If you look at a map, Erie, Pennsylvania, they know. talk about the election a lot. It is right in the center, dude. It is right. I, in I do the remember that. Yeah, like literally, my great grandfather used to scrap sh- ships off of Lake Erie in Erie, Pennsylvania, dude. Like, the most stereotypical. Wow. Like, Rust Belt. It's like, it looks like you can't make this up, you know? But, you know, and yeah. what's funny, though, is, like, you know, because these areas are very blue-collar democratic. Like, literally one of my grandfathers, uh, he has, like, seven brothers and sisters. And one of them told me, like, you know, or my dad told me this, like, yeah, you know, it's like the only time that like my grandfather said that like he saw his mom cry was like when her husband died and then when FDR died. Yeah, dude. And that's like, so people there, really? they're like, you know, wow. that's, you know, very, people that live there are very, you know, obviously one side or other, but mainly just blue collar Democrat, which is why, you know, as we see now, like a lot of times, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe a lot of times, you know, they turn blue, especially in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin. Yeah. So, yeah, but with that, I remember like right after the election, I went to like this you know family reunion, and we went camping for the weekend out like outside of, I believe Titusville, Pennsylvania. And they got a cabin out there that they that the that my grandfather's um, brothers and sisters always go out to, and they bring their families out there. And now they're like kids, you know, on the land around there and stuff. And then sometimes we'd be talking about it. most of them, you know, yeah. most of them voted for Biden, but I remember talking. Yeah, I mean, obviously, or not, really? I mean, not Biden, wow. fucking Clinton at the time, but, you know, now Biden, obviously, you know, they're Democrat, oh. but some of them, even though that they were Democrats, they still voted for Trump. And that's how the, that, yeah, yeah that's I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. But you know what, of. with them, is the fact that they didn't like Hillary. And that goes, yeah, I can understand that. Cause and that goes just, back to what we're talking about yeah. with people being you know the other multifaceted uh multifaceted part of a trump supporter are the people that just simply do not like the political establishment and decided to vote for trump just because he was different yeah. so i think there's really like yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think i think these the are the three main part. these are like the three main yeah. people that truly believe that you know that getting 
Because you asked the question, how do 72 million people get in a voting booth and vote for Trump? And I think that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it makes not sense. An accident, it's not an accident. I think accident. it makes sense. Well, do you, did, you, did you have a conversation with, with them? Oh, yeah. About why they voted for Trump? You know, like get Hillary, their point of view? One of them, he didn't really believe in climate change. But then we got, like, fucked up and, you know, we got drunk and talked about it. <laughs> You know, and then like his like, you know, but I think I, you know, I think that's one thing I think it's important for. If there's any lesson I could learn from it. It's just for people like not like never judge a cover by its book or a, a book by its cover. You know, I always mess that one up. Never judge a book by its cover when it comes to that. <laughs> because. Like I'm saying, it's just a lot of people. You know, that are not stupid. They're clearly not stupid. They're pretty, you know, smart individuals. They're voting for Trump for a reason. It's like, what is the answer to that? Yeah. So that, okay, so that's a really good point. So so what do you think is the answer? Well, obviously he lost, but he's not going away. Biden's the president. Um, I don't think Biden winning, obviously it's huge relief. It's amazing. But at the same time, he has a lot of challenges on his hands, you know, and then with all the people who are against him, who voted for Trump, I don't think many of them are going to be willingly supporting Biden. You know what I mean? So what do you think is, you just ended your, you just ended with, you know, the solution. Well, what, what are some of your thoughts on what a solution or solutions could be to unify the country and to also like, I don't know, what do you think that the, the end of Trump is going to be? There yeah, anything? I mean... I would say I would say like back in 2015 I really wanted Biden to run for office yeah dude I don't know if I told you this but I really really wanted him to win run because I mean mean, now I think it's kind of fairly obvious that he well he could have won the last election this time obviously he got some help from four terrible years of leadership but like I really wanted for him to run back then because I think having a centrist like Obama in office could really make a significant difference to unify the country, as you're saying. To lead us in kind of just... Even if the other side doesn't give him a chance. Even if the other side... Yeah, exactly. Which one is going to be? You know, he's going to have a lot of problems, obviously, especially with the Democrats not showing up like they feel they should have in um in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. But yeah, I really think someone like Joe Biden winning. You know, because a lot of people will argue, oh, like Bernie Sanders could beat Trump. That that's a lie. There's no he had no chance. Never had a chance. And this could be. And you, I agree with you. And I agree people, with you. I always refer to them, what happened with the last, you know, essentially the last Brexit vote last year when they, when Boris Johnson had a referendum. His main, his main opposition was James Corbyn, who's very similar to Bernie Sanders, very like left wing candidate, which I know, of course, like Bernie Sanders, well, that's another argument, you know, like, like Bernie yeah. Sanders is not like a socialist, but basically like this guy in Corbin is pretty yeah. This guy in Corbin and he's not, he's not. Is, is a little bit more extreme than Sanders, but this guy went up. It's basically him versus Boris Johnson, and they failed miserably and lost. 
And the Brexit, the whole Brexit situation continues. <laughs> that is complete proof yeah. that Bernie Sanders had no chance of winning. And you see it now. And you see it now, too. Like when, yeah. the, what was one of them? You look at you look at some of the House and Senate seats in which very progressive Democrats were running. And they just they got completely just destroyed this election by the Republican candidates. It didn't it didn't work for them at all. So that's so, okay. So so two points on that. The first point is that shows you that's another example of where the polls were wrong, because the polls, I mean the polls are not a black and white thing. They're not like a yes or no thing. But most of the polls had Dems winning the Senate, taking back the Senate, not taking back, but like winning the Senate, and then also gaining more House seats, and they lost House seats. So that's the first point. And the second point is, I think there were actually a good, probably a decent number. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I think there was a decent number of Republicans that voted against Trump, but then down ballot, they voted yeah, for the Republicans. The I think there was American probably a decent culture, number of that. You know, having like a checks and balance. I voted for Biden, so I'm going to vote for Republican for House and Senate. Yes, yes. That's smart. That's fair. Yeah. And it was also like people, there were probably a decent number of people who were like, Republicans who are like, I just can't support yeah, Trump. I'm gonna vote for but I'm not gonna vote Democrats and uh, House for Senate. And Congress Congressperson. But see that but see but going back yeah. to your point about unification though, that's why yeah, I like yeah. Biden because being a more centrist candidate, obviously being like, you know, kinda like the heart and soul of Pennsylvania in a way, like being, you know, one of the more famous people ever from Pennsylvania. Now now being a president from Pennsylvania. And also yeah. like what he you know, in the Rust Belt we saw the way that the way that he talks, the way he presents himself. The things that he stands for, some things that are a little bit more centrist than progressive or, or left wing. That I think is the key to unifying this yeah. country. Not not to say it's going to be perfect. Not to say yeah. I don't think he's going to unify. Did this you country. did you did you hear I his? Because uh... I don't really even think that this is political. You know, kind of like we were discussing. This really has to do more just with like the economic situation that people are going through right now. But it's never black and white. But I think someone like Biden, especially what he represents, being the leader of the free world, to have someone like that in office, I think is significant. And not only like impacts our lives in a positive way, but also what at least brings uh, bring at least some people more more people together. And the unification message that we don't want anyone like Trump yeah. again. Yeah. So did you watch did you watch uh, Biden's quote unquote victory speech on Saturday night after you know he got announced by all the networks Saturday morning? I did. Didn't it feel good to finally have a president that like sounded like a president and that like gave a good speech? It's not about blue states. It's not about red states. It's about the United States. Nah. Some people think that's corny. Some people think that's cliche. But that's it something that Trump. But that's something that Trump would never. Like, say. You know, you know, he would it, never it say something like that. Like, I remember because during this time you'd be watching, like you know, you turn on the news and you see Justin Trudeau in Canada, you see Angela Merkel in in Germany speak, and how eloquent they are, and how well they speak about things, and how yeah. you know they're so politically correct. Yeah. But in a great way, like because they send, they're just great leaders, and it's like almost like we forgot what it's like to have someone like yeah. that in office. Truly, make me great again. 
And I hope that's the message. To truly make America great again. I hope that at least you. I hope that's the But see, that's the thing, though. But see, but see here's the thing, though. A lot of people now are going to say the Democratic Party is going to be divided. Which it kind of is in a way, right? But I hope that's a lesson to the people that didn't want Biden. Kind of, I mean, kind I of. They kind learned of. actually Biden. Not, not only is a great politician, but he's going to make a great president. Exactly. Like, he's a, he's not like he's a, a bad good person. person. Yeah, he's a good I, person. I never really understood that. I, I, I can understand it. Like, he's part of the political establishment. That's fine. But sometimes, especially here in the United States, having the political establishment going back to the status quo is a good thing. Because as we see with Trump, sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so wow, we've actually been going for almost 45 minutes. So let's just go for like two, three more minutes because I'm getting tired. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's end it like, let's end it on this. So where, where do you think Trump, Trumpism, you know, just like however you want to call it, Trump movement, like, whatever you want to call it, like where do you see know, it going? Because I think COVID has really caused an issue with this. Remember when I told you that they say populist movements usually come after a political crisis or an economic crisis. You know, like your people are suffering, the economy is suffering, yeah. and then someone comes and says, oh, you know what? Fuck these politicians. Fuck this, fuck that. Which is basically what Trump did. Make a South Park episode about it. And he basically said, fuck you, fuck you. I'm different. Vote for me. And you look around the world. Yeah. Jabal Sonera in Brazil, Duterte in Philippines. It was all, all of them it was the same thing. I think now with COVID, it kind of changes things up. It'll be interesting to see. Do we want to have people like Biden in power and not these people that where the situation is completely out of control? Because we see in a lot of populous countries, it is completely out of control because it's clear that the people that are running the government are not doing a good job. We're not prepared for something like this. Or will this continue yeah. because of the economic situation that people are going through? To add on, of course, to what we were already talking about with how the world is changing for everybody rapidly. Everything has changed. So yeah. who do these people support? I think populism for now it stays. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, I think I agree for the time being. I agree. It's it's been a fascinating time. Um, all right, let's 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 end this. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording. Yeah, this and is I'm gonna tough, call man. you. Okay. Uh, call me, call me. This is fun though. I like this. This is good. <laughs>